Hello, welcome to My Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. It's great to be with you for another week. A message to begin, I've got a new job and it's fantastic. I'm executive producer of a new television program right across Australia. I did not see it coming. It's way out of my skill set, but that's okay. It's called Sky News Australia, and they saw something in me I perhaps didn't see. And for that, I'm just incredibly grateful. Thank you all for your prayers. I have absolutely no doubt that your collective energy contributed significantly to my name making it to the top of the page. The Camino provides. This is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago, a series of pilgrimages across Europe. You might choose to walk the Camino Norte, the Camino Frances, the Primitivo, San Salvador, the Camino de Madrid, the Portuguese, the Via de la Plata, the Camino Anglaise or Via Francigena. So many Caminos, so little time. And add to that desire the pandemic and the lingering impact on our lives. We'll get back to the Camino one day. But in the meantime, enjoy your family time. Pets, gardens, cooking. Take time to comfort one another. Take time to reach out to other pilgrims. Not just other Camino pilgrims, but other pilgrims on the road of life. Neighbours, the people down the street you've only ever waved to, but never spoken to. Make your world smaller by being bigger. Take the time to grow and take the opportunity to plan, to learn more, to learn about history. The American author Brian Herbert wrote, The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill. The willingness to learn is a choice. Well, the Camino is all about gifts. Gifts for ourselves and for others. We all know it's better to give than to receive. It's a common, overwhelming theme on the Camino. And you could say, it's a mystery. Indeed, the Camino is full of mysteries. It's one of the great alluring aspects of pilgrimage. Mysteries. Well, my guest this week has written a book about discovering the magic of the Camino. I'll let her tell the story. Elena Skversky is on the line from Colorado. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hi, Dan. How are you? Thank you for having me today. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Before we get to the book, tell us a little bit about yourself, because I suspect Elena Skversky from Colorado has been on quite the journey herself over the course of her life. Well, it has. Um, thank you so much, Dan. It has been an amazing journey so far, and I have a feeling that it's only getting better and better every day. So I'm excited um, to share my experience um, and all the gifts that Camino brought um, to me and my family up until now. Um, originally, I was born in Ukraine and uh, moved um, to United States in the 90s and had a career in commercial real estate and finance. And that was great and wonderful and very satisfying. And then I read a book. Well, actually, two of them. One of um, uh, two, one of the books was Paulo Coelho's The Pilgrimage, oh, yeah, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, 
quite mystical and very interesting. And the second favorite book was Shirley MacLaine's El Camino. And so after reading those two books, I really got this inkling. I have to go. I have to see what this Camino is about. I have to experience it um, for myself and see what is in store for me. And so I was actually... The very first time I was able to, let's call it, get away to the Camino from my corporate job, it was in 2012. And I went, um, you know, by myself. Um, it was a little scary in the beginning. Um, you know, I was a solo female going to a country I've never been. And... Um, I just didn't know what to expect, but I met a wonderful person who was sitting next to me on the, on the plane, and he said, oh, I've heard of the Camino, why are you doing it? And I've never really thought about that question before I got on the plane. I just knew that I wanted to do it. And when he asked me that question, I had to answer something, and so all these different thoughts ran through my head. And what I came up with, I am going to celebrate life and, and discovery and the journey and the adventure. And, you know, after thinking about all these different possibilities, what my answer should be, this is what I answered to him. And, you know, it really turned out to be true. And little did I know how true it would be once I set my little feet on the Camino once I got there. So why did you pick up the book Palo Coelho's The Pilgrimage and, and El Camino by Shirley MacLaine? Did someone hand them to you? Had you heard about it or, or did you just pick them up by chance, those books? Well, I would say that nothing in our life is by chance. Um, I think our life is a series of various messages and signs um, and different inklings and thoughts we can focus on within ourselves to be able um, to follow the right truthful direction that is waiting for us. And so... Um, you know, those those books just happened to come to my line of sight. Yeah. Um, first it was the pilgrimage, and then as I wanted to know more and more and more, I started looking for more books, and I ended up picking up um, Shirley MacLaine's book. Wow. I mean, we're going to get to your book in a little while. You operate a company that organizes Camino journeys. It's called AdventureCamino.com. How much of the planning do you do for someone who wants to walk the Camino? Well, you know, I'm really excited um, about the opportunity um, for me um, to actually start my own company. You know, it was just such a blessing that I was able to transition from my corporate career to doing something that really became my passion. So... Now, as I'm helping people to prepare for the Camino, I really um, like to convey the message that we need to prepare for this journey on three different levels, mm -hmm. on physical, on spiritual, and mindful levels. 
And, you know, very often I find that many people focus on the logistics. Where do I go? How much um, do I need to walk? Where do I sleep? You know, in all these different and unfamiliar countries, and we support um, both the Portuguese routes and um, the routes walking across Spain. But our preparation together, once the logistics are out of the way and people are able to relax a little bit and know that the physical aspect of the journey is now taken care of, then we get into all these discussions that start everyone um, turning more and more inward to the mm. other beautiful aspects of the journey that are waiting for them. You know, the mindful and the spiritual and soulful part, um, w which is one of the main reasons we are doing this this Camino, this, um, and we're following this ancient journey. So that's what I would like, um, what I do is, I love to take care of the logistics so that people can feel supported and empowered and set their worries aside, you know, um, you know for the physical side of things. And then we can focus more about um, different places they're mm. going to see, different spiritual significances of each place that I have felt through myself, um, and also different practices that they could put in place right now while they're at home um, getting ready for this journey so that they could be so much more receptive to what is waiting for them out there. So yeah, that is how I like to approach um, preparation for the Camino. And I teach that in my classes as well, um, all these different aspects. That's a wonderful way to look at it. Because so many people, as you say, worry about blisters and and back strains and shin splints when really it's what's happening inside in your heart and in your mind that will yeah. will impact you long term. And that's if you if you kind of switch into that or switch on to that, um, that's where you get the most benefit. But when people knock on your door or log onto your website, as it were, what do you think they g hope to gain? from walking the Camino? What do they say to you? Oh, I hope I get this out of it. I hope I get that out of it. What What do you think that they're looking for? You know, I really think they're looking for inspiration mm. and clarity. Mm. And, the, and my feeling is that they're looking for the answers that they haven't been able to find in the course of our general life where... So often, and so many people I know, I, I don't want to generalize, but I have been there myself in the rush, in the overwhelm, in the responsibilities of the daily life and expectations of what other people have of us and all these different functions that we play in our families, in our communities, in our occupations. And so... But when people come to me, they say, Elena, you're so inspirational. How do you do this? Um, and can, you know, I'm looking to be empowered and passionate, either more passionate about what I'm doing now or what 
I am thinking um, about in the future, or I am considering a career transition or a life transition. So I think we are all collectively looking for answers. And what I have found is that those answers are available and waiting for us. They're ready. They're written up in the sky and in the mm. clouds yeah. and, and in the path. But we have to be in the receptive mode to be able uh, to be open to those messages. Yeah. And so that's what I love to tell everyone, that the answers to your questions are out there. And they may not come immediately while you're walking the Camino. Um, you may think, well, this was a lovely journey. I had a wonderful time. Um, but, you know, nothing really happened that I can feel it. And, you know, I just smile and say, well, you know what? The Camino continues when you go home. In addition to all the experiences that you um, discovered while you were on the Camino. And when you go home, that's when you start seeing those subtle changes in yourself. You can't always explain, or it may be a new thought, it may be a different perspective that got, you know, resonated into you through this ancient process, but it takes time to birth itself and also for you to continue um, living your life in the way that will um, will be able to transform those thoughts and feelings and ideas and something that looks like a change yeah. or an answer that you've been looking for. Wow, what a wonderful answer. That's fantastic, Elena. That is fantastic. Now... Just before we go on, do you walk with the pilgrims that you organize trips for or do you organize for them and they wander off on their own? You know, um, we do both. Okay. Uh, we, can, we get everyone empowered to walk on their own, but if there is a private group, you know, like a group of friends or a church yeah. group that could use more guidance you know, whether it's spiritual or, um, you know, more physical, um, we are there for them and, and happy to walk the Camino because there can never be too many times that we walk the Camino. That's just um, my attraction yeah. to it. So yeah. it's it's done in both ways and happy to support various groups and various individuals of all walks of life. You talked about inspiration and clarity. I think that's fantastic. And the Camino is often described as a path of discovery. People talk, indeed I've talked, about the energy of the Camino. And you mentioned earlier the spiritual aspect of the walk. Sometimes I feel incredibly blessed that I was lucky enough to discover the Camino, Elena. Do you feel like that? Oh, of course, of course. There's no question about it. And I, um, what my main sentiment is that the Camino was a door opener for me. Um, you know, this ancient process where the mind is still focused on the physical activity of walking, but it's in the condition 
of receptivity and openness and away from our um, typical situations in life yeah. um, where all this magic can start happening. And so I really feel blessed that for me through the Camino, it was one of my first steps I believe on the path that I'm working, walking right now and what ultimately will open up for me in the future. And I just, I just keep walking and keep receiving the guidances and it just comes in different ways. You know, when we talk about inspiration, I'm also an artist, you know, I paint, um, I make various handcrafted items. I um, make mosaic. And so all of these items, as I make them and consciously place every stroke on the paper or every candle that I make or every meditation bead that I prepare, um, you know, for prayers, it, every piece of mosaic that I place, at this point it comes with the intention for you know, for the well-being of the person who will receive this gift, and that comes with the intention to inspire their mindful lifestyle, so they could feel this energy of love that I felt on the Camino, and later was able to transform in what I do in different aspects of my life. So it was definitely a blessing. Tell us about walking with your family. Well, that's been super fun and quite challenging. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you know, Dan, but our daughter, Stella, um, is named after Santiago de Compostela. You know, after ah, Stella means a star. Oh, that's good. And that's I, great. I know. It was um, just so inspiring to me, and I thought it would be a lovely name. Well, the very first time we took Stella on the Camino, she was six months old. So that was a bit of a challenge, um, but it's been great. And so, you know, we call her the Camino baby. And mm. all the people who met us on that journey called her Povrecita, which means poor little one. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know, really, I don't really think so i think um you know she's a joyful happy kid and she recently had a birthday and i actually promised her a birthday on the camino but we weren't able to make it happen just you know in these past months but we will be going out again as soon as it's uh, receptive and safe for everyone to go so that's our experience walking with stella stella's been on the Camino various times. Um, her first trip was on the coastal Portuguese way. Then she's done the central Portuguese way with me. And then she's been to Finisterre and Muxia. Um, so she's seen quite a bit of the Camino. And then our youngest, um, who is about to turn two years old, his first trip on the Camino was when he was one year old. And he actually took his first steps on the Camino. Oh. He's been preparing during the whole journey. And um, eventually, toward the end of the trip, we could say officially, he took his independent steps on the Camino. And so that's our two youngest. And we also have a teenager, um, 
who goes with us on the Camino initially, um, a little grudgingly. Um, <laughs> but I think now um, he's starting to see the benefits. And so he's been in the Camino multiple times. And the way we do it with the family, we, you know, we pick various sections of the Camino that speak to us in that in that time frame because you know it's more realistic with our schedules and younger children to walk um certain sections for two three weeks versus trying to be away you know for a month or two yeah yeah and so also we have to take slower pace with the children and that is something that um i like to tell to everyone you know if we can walk with the teenager, if we can walk with the six-month-old, if we can walk with the one-year-old and the, you know, and the two-year-old and so on as they grow, you know, everyone can pace themselves exactly to their needs. You know, there's averages distances that people typically walk, but we really don't need to be held to that. It's not a race. And what I like to tell everyone is just to take the time and smell the roses and see all and experience all the wonderful things that are waiting there for you on the Camino just by slowing down. And so we don't have to walk, let's call it the typical distances. We can slow it down for what we need in our experience and take it easy and take more time while we're on this journey to experience all the beautiful um, environment that we find ourselves in while we're there. Yeah, I remember, now I'm just, while you were saying that right at the end there, I remember, I think, walking into Zubiri Mm -hmm. and someone said to me, did you stop and ring the bell? And I said, no, what? And they said there were some nuns there by the side of the road who were asking pilgrims to ring the church bell. And I said, oh, no, I, I had to get here to get a bed. And I had, mm. I had, rushed, I had rushed to Zubiri to get a mm. bed. And in the end, there were, there were plenty of beds. And I remember thinking that night, oh, I wished I hadn't rushed. I wished I'd slowed down and rung the bell. Mm. It's a pretty simple message, isn't it? It is. Slow down and ring the bell. (laughs) Well, you can always go back. And, you know, the other lesson from it is we are where we are in life. And if we happen to rush that day, you know, that was exactly the experience that you needed, Dan, at that time. And so... You needed to be comfortable and feel secure that you have a place to sleep. And I'm sure you had a lovely dinner with other pilgrims that day. But, you know, you if that is something that feels special, you can always go back and yeah. ring that bell. Oh, I'm and going make back. Sure that, make sure you walk that specific <laughs> day at, you know, maybe the one half the speed, you know. And, and yeah. so we don't have to live with regret or... I feel like we missed out on something. There's always an opportunity to um, to ring the bell again in our life, you know, and yeah. see all those joyful experiences that that we do every day. And and 
And knowing that there's something more for me to do is such a great thing. I'm going back. Don't worry. I'm going to ring that bell, Elena. It's, oh, I it's can't gonna, wait. <laughs> it's going to happen. Hey, let's get to the book, Camino Mysteries. It's written through the eyes of seven-year-old Stella. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, um, the seven-year-old Stella, really, the names of the kids is our kids. Yeah. It's, it's Philip and Stella and Arthur. So because the book was calling me um, to focus on all these various mystical aspects, you know, I and Stella just only turned four years old. So really, a lot of it was... Um, manifested from my um, desire to help people see what it's like to be on the Camino, what the experience is like, what it's like to feel and taste and touch while you're there. Um, And to do that, somehow the inspiration came that I wanted to see how my children would grow up as they um, become a little older. And so thus, um, we ended up doing some time traveling in my process of writing the book, but also they end up time traveling Mm. within the book too. So I'll let you in on the secret too. And the cat may or may not be controlling the time, but that's Mm. up to you to decide. (laughs) Well, we won't give away too much, but but Stella and her brothers uh, and her friend are on a quest to Santiago. What makes it a quest? What makes it a quest is that, you know, Stella is really, really wanting to take this journey. And what makes it a quest is that they have a special mission to uh, accomplish this task in Santiago when they get there. Mm. But I think the definition of the quest is also the journey and what they're searching for while they're on this journey. And um, to me, quest also means adventure, discovery. It, you know, it's my interpretation of what um, that word means. And yeah. so that is what they end up discovering. They end up discovering all these different aspects of themselves. Some of them are more physical, some of them are more eternal, and some of them are you know, kind of the connection of where the earthly and the celestial realms blend and we don't really know where we are at that moment. Yeah. Throughout their journey in the book, um, mysterious messages guide them and through both the earthly and celestial realms, if you like. Where did the idea for the book come from? Well, um... I have to say that they really came from the celestial realm. Um, I can't explain it in any other way. Um, Other than that, it came as an inspiration. Because if I, you know, if you remembered my background that I just mentioned, you know, um, finance career, um, painter, um, an artist as a hobby, so where does writing a book come from? I'm really not sure. Other than uh, when Stella was born, I felt the inclination and this 
inspiration to just start writing. And so when Stella was a baby, um, she loved to be cuddled. So I kind of cuddled her in my left hand and held her next to me. And I had the computer in my lap. And with the right hand, I typed the first couple chapters of the mm. book. And they really flowed. Wow. And then, and then you know, what happened... Um, the flow kind of subsided and Stella got more active as a baby and I got focused on travel and my company and all these different um, things that I wanted to pay attention to at the moment. And I kind of set the book aside. They said, well, well, you know, maybe just passed and that's it. But when I realized was when Arthur was born, our youngest, that he was really the character that the book was waiting for. And so that's when it just started flowing. Um, You know, a year ago in April, I was at the Pilgrims Conference, and I really got that inkling again, I need to finish writing the book. And so when I got home, it just started flowing and flowing and flowing. And really was inspired um, creative writing, really. All of these different pieces just came together. And I truly believe that the messages that are in the book, they come, you know, from some higher source. I didn't sit there and try to think up too much about what I want to say in this book, other than, you know, the plot and the... components that came from my physical journey and experience all these different places on the Camino. But the main messages really came from my inspiration and connection. Yeah, but we won't give away too much, but the mysteries of the Camino provide the setting. As you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a passage through space and time to a world of discovery. Isn't that what we're, what we're all looking for? Um. Possibly. I I think so. I think what I feel from other people, and especially in this time in our collective consciousness, we are learning and growing to discover what is our place in the earth, in the universe, what is our place within ourselves and within our community. So... Yes, I agree 100% with what you just said. And I couldn't have said it better than the way that you said it. We are looking, if I could say slightly differently, we are looking for our true authentic self. Mm. And that is what the Camino and the receptivity to the answers allows us to find that within ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And that passage through space and time to perhaps a different place is one of the joys of the Camino. I I remember singing under the stars one night with a huge bunch of pilgrims. We were all sitting around in the town square drinking red, red wine, singing at the top of our lungs. Mm. It was like we were transported to another world. Oh, of course, of course. And you know, especially in that kind of environment, the stars really... Mm. Um, have huge significance and you know as you look at the cover of my book yeah. there is the milky way that reaches yeah. across the the cover and that 
um, connects with the cathedral in Santiago on the cover. Yeah. And so that is what I wanted to convey with the design. Even of the book cover, every element is very significant that those two passages, the higher passage and our physical journey, are very, very deeply connected. And we cannot separate it. You know, the dancing in the stars and the dancing in the rain, it's just all part of us. And that's what I think we all seek to connect with, that pure joy of how it feels to know who you really are. Did you enjoy the writing and researching process, the actual physical process of writing? I really enjoyed it because it was... It was very new to me, as I just mentioned, but it was very, very magical because I would sit down and take the piece of paper and the pen, which is, again, quite unusual because I haven't done that for years. Um, Yes, I put my paintings on the paper, but something... But I always type all my communications and my blog articles. It's all done on the computer so to have the physical paper and the pen in my hand that's what I felt compelled to do Mm. and the process was quite magnificent once I would get in that relaxed um, space in my mind the pen would just keep flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing and after about an hour and a half it was done and I just knew I had to take a break and come back to it another day But I enjoyed being in that elevated frame of mind. I I can't call it any any other way. And then later, when all the main ideas were written down in this way, later on, I went back and developed the characters a little bit more and tried to add the scenery to convey more of the environment where they are. Um, but the process, that is how the process flowed at the time. It, it was very, very interesting. And I, I could only be amazed and keep writing and keep switching out the pens because it <laughs> kept running out of the ink. It was, it was mar- marvelous. It was marvelous. I, one of the things that um, piqued my interest when I saw the book was it said... Um, Immerse yourself in the majesty of the Santiago de Compostela Cathedral and its ancient traditions. And I thought, what a lovely concept, immerse yourself. And it's why I think Santiago itself, or Santiago de Compostela, lends itself to the cleansing of the soul. Because we are immersing ourselves, aren't we? I really think so. Yeah. And... And I really felt that when I was at the cathedral where you see the Batufumero swinging from one rafter to another, when you smell the incense and you see it wafting up to the rafters and you see and you hear, you know, the beautiful voices of the clergy singing amazing hymns um, during the service. And then you see all these people around you that are experiencing various emotions of joy, happiness. Some are just 
so overwhelmed with emotions and the tears are rolling down their eyes. I do find myself immersed in that kind of environment. And, you know, then usually, you know, my mind will flow in all these directions and I enjoy just the sheer magnificence of the construction of the cathedral. You know, it was built over 200 years or even more. And so just um, watching different architectural styles and noticing all the, just all the beautiful, beautiful elements of creation that went into having such a lovely um, edifice, but that's not really the right word, Uh, such a lovely space for prayer and um, where all of our, thoughts and prayers can be answered. So that's what I find myself in as I'm there, you know, having completed the journey, I, you know, for that moment, it feels like that's a wonderful time to process and immerse yourself in your thoughts and your prayers and your intention and to send those intentions you know, out in the universe and to the higher realms And so that's what I find myself immersed in. Elena, what can we learn from these uncertain times, do you think? You know, the last few months have been uncertain for all of us. And so many people's plans kind of got put on hold. And there's all these different um, dreams that we had about how we would be when we imagine ourselves on the Camino. And it really feels like in a different way, we actually, a lot of us, are getting a chance to bring the Camino forward into our physical environments at home right now. And it feels like these times are really helping us live the Camino now. At least um, it's what I'm seeing around my community. You know, people are walking more, people are acknowledging each other more, people are being more mm. helpful and yeah. sharing with yeah. each other. And I notice many people, um, you know, as it relates to the Camino, many people have aspirations to pray more when they're on the Camino, to meditate more on the Camino, or I know some artists who wants to go on the Camino with a sketchbook or you know, someone who plays the guitar and wants to walk the Camino with the guitar. And, you know, I always had a dream to walk the Camino while I play my Native American flute. Well, I cannot be on the Camino now, um, but I do find that um, me and other people that I'm observing are actually having this opportunity to bring all those acts. Ex- in aspirations into the now, all those mindful things that we were hoping to accomplish on the Camino when we have the time, the freedom, and the space to do it while we're there. What I'm observing now is that now is the golden moment to actually be doing all those things and for me to be playing the flute and, you know, walk around with my sketchbook and other people to play the guitar more and pray more. So I think that is the gift um, 
of today's times, even though we're not doing it on the Camino, but we are bringing the Camino home. And so I think it's a big positive from the changes that we are observing on our planet right now. And why not use this time to find inspiration and clarity, as we both spoke about at the start of the podcast, find inspiration and clarity at home? That's right. Couldn't agree with you more, Dan. You said it exactly right. How fantastic, Elena. My gosh. In, in, the, book, <laughs> in the book, Camino Mysteries, um, two questions, uh, I suppose, are posed on behalf of Stella and her Camino family, her pilgrim posse. Will they complete their journey and will they feel the magic of the Camino? And when I read it, I thought those questions could easily apply to every single one of us who steps onto the Camino, right? Will they complete their journey? Will they feel the magic of the Camino? Yes, I think those are wonderful questions. But, you know, as the other day, a friend of mine um, Ask me, he said, Elena, can you guarantee the magic of the Camino? And I said, yes, I certainly can. Because no matter what happens to you, it will be magical. Um, and will we or they, as the characters in the book, complete their journey? You know, it's only up to us um, to define, you know, what is the journey for the specific stage in life, what is the journey that is waiting for us in our entire lifetime? And actually, it's a bit of a tricky question when you say, will they complete the journey? But if you start and think about what is the journey, mm. I'm not sure that it's even possible to answer that question. So it's not a trick question. It's really pondering um of something that we can all think about. You yeah. know, what does the journey mean? Yeah. Uh, whether it's in the context of Santiago or our lives in our communities. Where does your passion for travel come from? I think it just comes from our family. And, you know, my mom was the first time who left home and she went to discover different countries as part of her profession as a doctor. And so I think she really um, opened the gates and different opportunities for us to say, yes, it's okay to be brave and it's okay mm. to step out into all these different areas and see something different. So I would say that mom was, you know, the first um, guide who showed me the ability to travel and, you know, my grandmother also was a doctor and she traveled a lot um you know to different countries because of her occupation and so then i think that is the example that was shown to me but the passion really just comes from who i am from wanting to look at it, look and experience different cultures and see how they what is their point of view on the world you know, what does their food taste like? What does their wine yeah. taste like? What yeah. does their architecture look like? You know, yeah, yeah. what songs do they sing? What, yeah. you know, how do they say hello to each other every day? Because even if you 
you know, focus on how different cultures would say hello or good day to each other. That in itself is very telling um, of, you know, different lifestyles that we live. So the passion for travel just comes for wanting more and more and more and to bring um, the benefits um, of those travels in, into my life and my family life and my community life so I could always share some and learn something that I see beneficial with, um, you know, with other people. One last question. Yes. What does it mean to you to be able to combine the journey of the pilgrim, the joy of motherhood, and the creativity of a writer? It means everything. <laughs> it's, it's really who I am as I... Um, start to grow and unfold in my calling and my responsibilities um, in my obligations but it's really all when um, in the answers in that word of creativity and creating what do we want in our lives because we all have the power to influence how we see the world um, and what circumstances we create for ourselves and others with our um, attitude um, toward how we see this beautiful planet and, and, and how we are guided by our hearts and our lifetimes. So it is all about creativity and what we want to see in this world. To me, it sounds like a, a life worth celebrating. And I saw a Facebook post of yours this week. You said, the longer we are watching the rainbow, the brighter it's getting. What we pay attention to will grow. And I, I thought that was a good place to finish the interview. Good luck with the book, Elena, and I hope it flies off the shelf. Good luck Thank in getting... Thank you so much. Get, good luck in getting back to the Camino. And I hope our paths cross again one day, perhaps even on the Camino de Santiago. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me and my listeners. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, everyone, for what you do in your lives and for the contribution that you all bring with your conscious effort, um, you know, to our beautiful earth and to our beautiful um, journeys together collectively and buen camino to all of you buen camino thank you so much my guest this week the american pilgrim camino guide and author elena skversky the book is called camino mysteries and it's available everywhere just google it you'll find it elena is also available for presentations on the camino too you can find her via adventurecamino.com adventurecamino.com as we spoke about at the start of the podcast and indeed during the course of our discussion, take the opportunity to plan and to learn more. The American author Brian Herbert wrote, The capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill. The willingness to learn is a choice. Someone said on the radio this week, COVID-19 is named for the 19 kilos everyone has put on in lockdown. <laughs> Another patted his belly and said he had to flatten this curve. <laughs> we'll get there together. Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino. 
some 